Hello, and welcome to This Changes Everything. My name is Larry Jeannie, and I'll be your host as we explore an approach to education that redefines the very purpose of schools, to train students to become responsible and self-directed learners, and to prepare them to live fulfilling and productive lives. My guest today is Carl Brunel. I've known Carl for nearly 30 years, first as a social studies teacher at Evanston Township High School, and more recently as the social studies department chair at Maine East High School. Over the years, Carl and I have had many conversations about education, and I've always found him to be a serious thinker about these matters and an innovator as well. In this episode, we'll be diving into the very challenging but very important topic of grades and how they affect student learning. Here is that conversation. (laughs) Carl, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Larry. Yeah. So uh, when I first introduced the idea of you um, joining me in this uh, this endeavor, and I asked what you might be interested in talking about, you immediately went to grades. So my first question is, why? What's so important <laughs> about grades? Why would that pop out as something that you really would like to talk about? I mean, I've thought a lot about grading and it is for teachers for education for better or for worse (laughs) it's sort of the central part of a lot of what happens yeah you know um and i think in particular my notion of, of grades and what they should do and how they should be used has probably changed more dramatically than anything else in my nearly 30 years of teaching. Wow. You know, so yeah. I, I, I would say, you know, yeah, sure, there's, there's <clears throat> you know, new things, technology, sure. all sorts of stuff that we didn't have 30 years ago. Sure. Yeah. That obviously that's changed things. But right. the, of the things that have remained constant. Yeah. You still got to put grades in the grade book. That, this, <laughs> this thing. Yeah. And my thinking about them and the way I do them yeah. has changed more than anything else. So what is it, what's changed? What do you believe now that you didn't believe, say, 15 years ago? Well, I teach history. Right. And so I actually, I think it's worthwhile to talk about the history of my own personal journey through okay. grades. Yeah. We have some time, right? Yeah, we got all the time in the world. We can break it up into two episodes if you want. So, uh, yeah. But I'm not even talking my own personal journey. I mean, yeah. some of the, you should jump in. I mean, yeah, I no, I will. Believe me, I will. <laughs> I mean, no the problem there. Grades and grading have changed a there's been a lot of changes, both that certainly I have just decided to do, but yeah. also even in how we communicate them. And I think yeah. that's probably the thing that's been the most interesting as I think about grades as to why we maybe got in some places that we didn't intend to yeah. and then haven't really gotten out of those enough. Right. right. So, right. you know, I have to go back to when I was going to school when most of us were going to school and right. even when I started teaching, grades were kind of just this mysterious thing <laughs> that every teacher kind of, conjured up figured out on their own and figured out on their yeah. own just because they had to report something at some point during the school year or at right. several points right during the school year but 
how a teacher did those and how Based they determined yeah. it it was all pretty Close much the like door and do what you're smoke and mirrors yep. and who yep. knows what you were gonna do. The guy I behind mean, the curtain. And and especially I remember as a beginning teacher, yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. How do I make grades? How do mm-hmm. I decide this? Mm-hmm. And so from the little bit that I talked to other teachers about it, it was very clear Everybody just did it their own way. There was no consistency. There was no set system. And it was pretty much, yeah, figure it out on your own, however you want to do it. So, I mean, I ended up just kind of starting to assign points to stuff Mm -hmm. and putting it in the grade book. Mm -hmm. And at nine weeks and at the semester, Mm -hmm. I would pull out my calculator and sit there and calculate the points Add that it a student up and divide by something and divided and, by yeah. whatever, and that was the grade. And it was a hundred, you know, ninety, eighty, right. seventy, you know. Right. That right. was, you know, for people who were doing those percentages, that was sort of usually fairly close right. to consistent. But what what a point means could be who, completely different. Who knows? Ninety percent of the points <laughs> means an A, but what's a point, right? And then I heard, you know, and certainly I heard of some other people who did different things, like. Yeah. I knew, I heard of teachers who just kind of put stuff in the grade book and then just took a look at it and said, that's the grade, yeah. not a calculator. Ooh. Uh, well, yeah. uh, let me tell you, I've come around to, they <laughs> probably had a, yeah. had a better thing going yeah. than what I ended up, or a lot of us ended up being yeah. into. Because at least they were actually trying to look at what is this communicating to me, exactly. not what is this just calculating. Right. And as computers became more and more essential in figuring out grades, we got it out to the three, third decimal place. <laughs> you know, an A is 90.005% and a A minus is, you know... It, it, well, crazy. here's here's the place at which I think it did. Initially, it looked like this is a good thing, and I think honestly, it's been a bad thing. Yeah. Online grades. Mm-hmm. Like the moment that started to happen. Yep. Then a everybody f- had to start entering things that something else was computing. Yeah. And or you had to set it up to compute. So first yeah. of all, everybody started to have to have to have a calculation. Right. Which. Certainly, to some level, sounds like a good thing. May you know you get more consistency. Hopefully, there's more transparency. Yeah, that, of how that's that's an argument. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, that maybe that's a good thing. You know, perhaps. Yeah, there's um, also pressure to put something in the damn computer. You know, like every day, <laughs> right? Something ought to go in there, and then you get parents who are watching that thing. I had parents who were checking in on their kids' grades three or four times a day. And what we accomplished with that is to train both parents and students that what really matters is how many points you've got. Right. And learning has almost nothing to do with that. Absolutely. We're not talking about did you learn this or not. We right. learned, We were talking about if you got 90.3% or 90.8%. Right. And, then, and even if, if a student isn't at a grade that they would like to be at, well, then how do I get to that how many grade? Points I more well, do I need? how many more points do I need? <laughs> and so you start to have all sorts of craziness yeah. that I think... Legalistic. And, yeah. and, and right, what are you really having the conversations about? It's right. only about this calculation. Right. It's not about what have you actually learned? What have you demonstrated you could learn? And I mean, we got into some really bad places because teachers, you know, to just try to help out students... 
and, and perhaps again well-meaning yeah start doing extra extra credit extra points credit. Yeah. for all sorts of things yeah. and because again it just became about gathering points yeah i remember a conversation i had with, <laughs> with a teacher i was working with and she asked me well do you think it's the end of the semester do you think i should they, they wanted these two kids need a few more points to get to the grade they want uh, and they came up with an idea uh, about how to do it. And so I was wondering whether I should let them do this. And I said, well, do you think they'll learn anything by doing it? And she said, no, not really. And I said, well, then what are you rewarding them for? Right. What does that mean mm-hmm. that you got extra credit points if it has nothing to do with learning? Mm-hmm. Where did we, how do we get to this point? Right. You know? Right. So yeah. online grade books and grades, I think initially sounded like a great thing, but yeah. I think they took us down a path that was actually quite bad. Counterproductive. And counterproductive. Yeah. And yeah. it took a while, I think, for all of us to sort of, you know, get out of recognize or, or realizing what have we done, yeah. you know, here. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that obviously online grade books are going to go away because no. they are a good yeah. tool for parents and for students parents. to communicate. Right. But that was the key thing that I think we started to lose was that right. what are we communicating, right. you know? And right. what is it that you really want? This... And, the, and the other thing that I was shocked by was how we went from giving grades four times a year when we knew actually only two of those really mattered, the right. semesters, to eight times a year to every day. Right. I mean, yow, you talk about focus. Mm-hmm. Instead of being able to talk about it over weeks, sometimes even months, we were talking about it daily. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, um, we're probably never going to unfortunately lose that because of, right. you know, that it's just there and it's yeah. the world we live in of people want communication now yeah. and yeah. they want to know what's happening. And okay, yeah. look, I, I recognize we probably can't, we, and we probably shouldn't go back to a mm. system where... You know, part of the reason parents came to parent conferences was they wanted to know what what well, how, what's going on what's with my kid. Yeah, now, what kind of grade do they have? Right. I don't know if you remember those conversations. Oh, yeah, yeah we're like, I mean, parent conferences were largely just tell me what grade they're earning because right. I don't even know. Right. <laughs> Which right. is like, okay, I get it. Like that's probably if we can, can be communicating, that's better. Better but, than that. Yeah. But it is now like, well, what is it communicating? Right. And I think that's what a lot of us have transitioned to is trying right. to think about what should grades be used for yeah. and what type of communication should they really be being given and i mean for myself i started to you know experiment with some other teachers who were also mm-hmm. starting to really think about that mm-hmm. and trying to in our own ways i mean you can certainly obviously some districts and people have tried to go all the way to a standards-based system and mm-hmm. using all that. And, and that can be tricky. I mean, it's hard, again, with the online systems to sort of sometimes mesh those two worlds. Yeah. And, so when you say standards-based, for people who aren't familiar with that term, what do you mean by that? That's where you really do try to have that the grade is always communicating uh, what level of you know, proficiency or mastery mm-hmm. a student is attaining on whatever you know standards you have for very the course. specific learning goals mm-hmm. the yeah. sp- specific standards or learning goals for the student and, right. and obviously in most courses those usually break down into sort of two categories of either skills or content yep. and and you know you set up the different Relative assessments weights. Yep. and whatever you want that they're going to meet those and right. you try to be as clear and specific with those 
And then, you know, usually you have rubrics that are set up to try to help detail what does it mean to be at different levels right. of right. mastery about this particular content or this particular skill. Which, by the way, was another thing where the pendulum swung way too far in one direction, in my experience, where you'd have these matrices yeah. of, you know, excellent, good, fair, poor for 43 different learning things. And you end up with thousands of page, words on a page. And you expect, and if you wanted kids to self-evaluate, you're giving them something that's utterly incomprehensible and doesn't mean a thing to them. Right. You know, so obviously... <laughs> Things you, have tightened up, I think, better yeah, for the yeah, most part. Right. Most people who went way over right. there right. kind of realized this isn't helping the students either when no. they're overloaded with, as you say, too right. many it descriptors a, and yeah, it's a, all these sorts of things. It's a thing. form of bureaucracy that doesn't mean anything right. to them and barely means anything to us as teachers, right. Right. you know. And so trying to do some of that, I mean, some of us, because we were allowed for a while mm -hmm. <laughs> to experiment more. Yeah. I mean, you know, we switched off of giving any points at all. Right. We switched off of, you know, using the 100 point percentage system because right. there's flaws with that that yeah. I don't know if we want to get into. But, right. you know, sure. certainly, again, the calculating of grades that way right. really starts to have some just math problems if right. you're really thinking about it. Right. And so, you know, moving to like a four point scale instead that, mm -hmm. that, you know, can be more true to perhaps how learning really happens. Yeah. And yeah, learning doesn't happen to three decimal places. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. I learned 86.532% of this material. It right. doesn't work like that. Which is, I mean, in the end where one of the things that I've really come to is I, yeah, I've, I try to, leave the math out of any uh -huh. of my grading. Uh -huh. Like yeah. I know it's going on on the online grade book because I, I can't avoid it. Yeah. But in my class, I'm never giving points. I'm only conveying letter grades sometimes, but right. mostly trying to just give feedback and or have students think for themselves where they are. Yeah. And, you know, that's really the communication I want happening. Yeah. It's not yeah. over... How many points did I get? And and even recognizing that, like, look, it, it all is an inexact science, right. you know, any evaluation. We really have to admit it's subjective. Yes. You know, I mean, if you shoot a basket, you have rules, two points if you're here and three points if you're there. It's very, very precise. If your toe's on the line, it's this, right? Mm -hmm. Learning isn't like that, mm -hmm. you know, it's not that easy to compartmentalize and categorize and and so I try to now so that so that I try to make sure any of the discussions I'm having with students are never about mm -hmm. that accumulation thing mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. It is just about mm -hmm. well, what have you shown me? What did you mm -hmm. still have trouble with? Mm -hmm. How can we give you other opportunities for yeah. this? And that's a whole nother aspect of going through this grading thing is not getting so tied down into every student has to know it at this day at this time and if they yeah. don't too bad yeah. you know which many of us have now gone to and my district actually has embraced which is a nice thing of saying students should have opportunities to yeah. redo so and retake. There's always remediation and, available. Yeah. yeah, and that, you know, that learning is a constant process. Right. And 
part of learning should be failure and not getting totally punished for that failure, yeah. but using it as a way to realize right. what did I do wrong yeah. and how can I learn from that and then perhaps grow and do some more work and, right. and get better and then not be punished for that failure, but actually once I can show my level of proficiency or mastery, get that. Yeah, it actually, it actually is critically important in teaching kids to be, have tenacity right. and the growth mindset. I mean, right. you can't do the growth mindset if you can't keep working when you don't get it right the first time. Right. Right. And so when a teacher's structure has, okay, that was a test, let's move on, and you leave the wreckage behind, that's not teaching them the growth, growth mindset. Right. You know, it's a, you, you got the curve. I'm at the low end, you're at the high end, and, uh, you know, it, it starts to look a lot like a fixed mindset. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, right. So we've, I mean, you know, through some of the experiments that people had, and then, I mean, thankfully, my district has, has embraced some of these things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. tried to set up how teachers are doing their grades and mm-hmm. assessment in a way that is recognizing those right. sorts of characteristics of right. learning. Right. Um, it's still hard to get away from some of the. You I know, mean, you know, everyone's <laughs> grown up in a system where the motivation to do things is external. If you want to get an A, you have to do. You know, what do I need to do to get an A? <laughs> and whether there are points involved or not, if a kid's motivated in that way, they're not nearly as interested in learning. They're interested in getting a good grade. That causes them to do all kinds of things that actually sabotage the learning in order mm-hmm. to get the grade. So even getting rid of points doesn't shift that. And getting an A on a test, of course, doesn't mean that you learned it. Right. It means that you could answer the questions right that day. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. And so what about the argument? Just shifting a little sure. bit. Sure. What about the argument that we should recognize that some kids are learning this better than others, so we really should have a spread. We should be, in, in essence, sorting kids into the kids who are really good and high flyers and they get it right away, and the kids who are plodding along and struggling and never quite grasp it as much. They should have different grades, right? So the idea that grades are there as a way of us. So, now, how else are colleges going to know who to accept? <laughs> how are they? You know, how are employers going to be able to say this person did really well in school and this person didn't? Oh, <laughs> see, I, right? Here's here's the thing for me. I mean, I do you know this? I don't know if you know this. I my first job out of college was actually in an undergraduate admissions office. Uh, did you know that? I did not know so that. So I, I went to Northwestern and then I, I worked for two years in the undergraduate admissions office there. Wow. And then, you know, decided, well, I'd rather work in high schools, went yeah. back to school and then got into high schools. Right. So I've heard that many times. Yeah. Like in, in <laughs> high schools of like, yeah. well, we have to do it this way because the colleges... Yeah. How are they going to sort? How are they going to know? All I have to do is reflect back on my experience of being in an undergraduate admissions office and say, I'm allowed to swear on this, aren't I? You bet. (laughs) That's bullshit. (laughs) I can always bleep it out later. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Because when when I was in that undergraduate admissions office, we had all kinds of things. Criteria. From from schools, you know, and we saw all kinds of grading systems. That's right. And And we evaluated them all and and figured it out. 3.8 over here and a 3.8 over there, you know. It could mean many different things. And we just had to figure that out and try to make sense of, do we think this student will have success in our institution? Right. And so that argument is is a totally... Yeah. bogus argument yeah. because the point of these 
of grades shouldn't be to sort, shouldn't be to 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 label, shouldn't yeah. be to this. It should just be about communication. Yeah. And that's all it should be. Right. And I mean another I mean one of the people who I've we've all been sort of influenced by is Rick Warmley and some of his mm-hmm. ideas mm-hmm. about grading. Yeah. And I mean that's one of the things he really says and really is really passionate about is that Grades are to communicate. They're not to reward or punish. They're not to sort. They're not, you know, they should just as much as possible be trying to communicate where is a student at in their learning. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Like nothing else. Yeah. And and nothing should be in that grade that isn't reflective of just where is their learning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so don't put in that grade anything that's just about what kind of person they are yeah. or or how nice they are yeah, no, or, or polite or, or polite yeah, yeah, in yeah. that all those things got to be taken yeah. out I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you this story but I taught in Germany for a couple of years and the first year that I was there I was teaching math as it happens and I worked with the kids I gave them their first test and everybody did really well on it. So it was all A's and B's. And the next day, the principal called me into his office. And he said, you can't do that. <laughs> I said, what? they really learned it. They did. They, they all did. I'll show you. And he said, no, you don't understand. There aren't enough places in the university for everybody who's in the gymnasium. You know, already you're mm-hmm. sorted in a gymnasium for right. the college-bound and Volkschule right. for the, trade you know, the tradespeople, yeah, right? right? And he said, we have, a, there's a book that defines the criterion by which you get dropped down, they called it, to Volkschule. And every year, a certain number of kids had to be dropped down. So they'd get it down to the right number of kids going on into the university. And after I taught for a couple of years, I worked as a tutor. And I would go to people's homes. And I would see, I mean, the parents know, the parents and the kid know, if you failed this test or you don't do well in this test, you can't go to college. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the tension, and, the, yeah. and you bet they were motivated to work, mm-hmm. you know, it got people motivated, but out of fear. Right. You know, they didn't love learning. They were afraid they would end up not being able to go to college. Right, right. Uh, so that's kind of an extreme. But on the other hand, when I started working at Evanston, uh, my mentor, when I got my, uh, I gave my first semester exam, and I thought it was fair, and I got it back, and everybody did horribly on it. You know, there were just, you know, the average was like 50% of the whole thing. And I freaked out, and I went to my mentor, I said, have I completely blown this? He said, no, that's, that's what everybody does. So here's what you do. You get, a, you get a, a sheet of paper and you mark down everybody's scores and you, the, you know, you lump a bunch over here as you call that, you know, an A and you call this a B and you call this a C and you call that a D and if you got a few F's and you got a few F's. So basically you have to have a bell curve to make yeah. any sense out of this at all. Right. So sorting kids into successes and failures was built into, dead, yeah. you know, absolutely bedrock built into the system. Mm-hmm. So, and it's still there. I mean, yeah. when I'm working with people today, even now, you know, they say, yeah, but that kid really got it. And so you, you have to say, but what does it do to another kid mm-hmm. to get, I mean, the other thing, of course, is that it, it now raises the question of what is it that we're here for? Mm-hmm. What is it that a kid should master to be successful? Mm-hmm. Is it all of it? Mm-hmm. Because no, no teacher on earth believes that every kid is going to learn all of it. Mm-hmm. 
That never, that's never happened. It's never going to happen ever in any class. You're going to get some kids who don't learn all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, then, you know, five years from now, if you ask, do you That's all- not true. You know who, who, who wanted to learn all of it was yeah. Jesse Abelson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you, if you, can, imagine, I, if you can imagine Jesse Abelson, yeah. who was a poker player with yeah. us. Yeah. But when he was a freshman in high school, he wanted to learn all of all it. Of it. Yeah. And there are kids, there are kids, there are kids like that. There's no question about it. But the idea that our grades are based on how well did you master the entire curriculum right. as opposed to what's really useful for you as a human being getting ready to live your life, mm-hmm. which is a, a subset of all of it. Mm-hmm. And what do we do with the rest of that? And what should grades be based on? Could we give all A's if everybody mastered what we mm-hmm. think is really important? Mm-hmm. But then what does an A mean? And what does a C mean? And you know, it gets fuzzy pretty quickly, mm-hmm. right? One of the most interesting years I ever had with grading was the year, one of the nice things about being a department chair, yeah. which I've now been for 18 years. No, yeah, no. no. 16 years, excuse me. Get out. Yeah, I know, it's been a long time. Is that I can get away with doing some things because, you know, who's who's going to know? And who's going to tell me I can't do it? Who's going to observe you? Right, right. Which, hey, if we want to get into observation, I can tell you another whole dirty little secret about that. That's another podcast. With me. But anyways, so I was teaching, and and this was actually when I was at Hinsdale Central, and I, I was already starting this journey of, God, grading just feels wrong. To me. I gotta do something different. Hmm. And so I just decided this one semester that I wasn't gonna give any tests. <laughs> I just said, we're just gonna, you know, do stuff. They're gonna write, they're gonna, we're gonna yeah. have, I'm gonna check their learning in yeah. different ways, but I wasn't gonna give everybody any, sit down and sit take down this thing right now. Yeah. Because yeah. I just didn't feel like the right thing to do. And I thought, let me just try this and see how Uh it works. And so, and I wasn't in a standards-based thing yet or anything. I was just kind of not feeling good about tests and testing and just kind of saying, I'm not sure what this is giving me or what it's giving them. And so, you know, I just started doing stuff and... And and we were doing stuff and, and we were having a you know, it was a nice class and yeah. we were doing different projects and mm-hmm. you know, different types of writing and, and all this sort of stuff and, and it was very interesting to me because I was wondering like, are the kids ever gonna ask like when the next test is? <laughs> or something like that? Because you know, wasn't that they what they know this? And finally, after like about a month and a half, yeah, a couple of students finally said, Are are we gonna have a test coming up or anything? And I said I said, do you want to have a test? <laughs> and they said, no. I said, well, okay. I don't let's really want to give one either. That's it's, great. And so let's, is it okay what we're doing? Where we're, and they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's just keep doing this then. And I mean, yes, I was still giving them, you know, feedback and grades sure. on the things that we were sure. doing in class, but I yeah. wasn't giving them a test, a right. big test. Yeah. And, and we went the whole rest of the semester, basically, without any tests. Right. And it was fine. Like, yeah. as you said, like the kids, the students were like, yeah, you know, they were interested in what we were doing. And, and some of it was honestly to make sure, like, do they need the test to motivate them? Is that the only uh, thing that's going to yes. make them learn? And right. I realized, no, it right. isn't. And like, not, not only that, but the, what, the, what the test more often than not does is motivate them to cram. Mm-hmm. You know, if they haven't learned it and they're cramming the night before, they're absolutely admitting flat out, I'm never going to learn this because you don't do that when you're cramming. 
what you're doing is trying to get all the questions right that you can the next day, mm-hmm. knowing for sure it's in working memory, it's never going to stick, and if you ask me the same thing two weeks from now, I would fail miserably. Mm-hmm. So, and they know that, and everybody, everybody knows that. You know, and yet we so and you still we keep doing it, <laughs> and pr- pretty much tests unless you reframe what they're for. Right. And the thing you were talking about before is they uh, they isolate the difficulty that every kid is having right now. How much? What is it specifically? I haven't learned yet. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of the test. Right. Then it becomes an integral part of the learning process, and you don't have to cram. Right. Just show me what you know right now, and right. if there's some things that you're missing that I think are still important, then you then can we go, go work on those. Fix that thing. Fix that, and, yeah. and then we'll keep, you know, we'll yeah. give you a chance to redo that part, yeah. and then we'll keep going, yeah. you know, and, and make sure that it's there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I was, I, I mean, it's, it's part of the reason, I think I was always sort of experimenting mm-hmm. a long time yeah. without even quite realizing it, yeah. like yeah. why I was doing it or right. what it was for. Right. But just kind of knowing, like, I just don't like the way this is really... It doesn't feel right. It doesn't right. feel right. right. And, you know, and, and I'm not saying I'm, it's still perfect. No. It's, it's kind of always a, a work in progress. Yeah. But, but, but I think there's some beliefs that I, I, I've come to mm-hmm. that feel right to me. Right. And feel like... Uh, more authentic. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and like, what should this be about and what is it the purpose? So it's going to be different in different disciplines, you know, watching a kid learn algebra and trying to figure out U.S. history are two very different endeavors and how you assess them of necessity has to be different. But just speaking from your discipline then, if if you were the king of the world and you could make anything happen, what would grades, what would the basis of grades actually be? Would it be, I mean, would you get rid of tests altogether in general? Having had that experience? <laughs> done it once? Yes, yeah. I would actually, if I, yeah. if I felt, yes, yes. I, okay. I mean, yeah. I, isn't, I that, isn't that stunning? I mean, <laughs> yeah. every teacher gives tests and here we are thinking, no, nah, why, why, why? Yeah. why? I, I, I mean, it, and, and in some ways, I mean, it's because, again, all the tests do to some extent is confine you yeah into like well every student needs this yeah and this is the only way they can show it to me that's right this is right and and we know different kids show it different ways yeah and so i mean granted what i'm doing right now i am still giving tests but then on the back end of it i'm giving other ways because usually And this is the one thing that does still bother me about a lot of people in my district. Mm-hmm. That they've gone along with some of the philosophy of like, okay, kids should have opportunities to show it again. Yeah. But they haven't really bought in because they still give them just a different version of the same test. Yeah. Some of them still give them the whole test instead of what like they missed. what they actually missed. Yeah. And yeah. like, you know, well, why are you testing them again on stuff they sh- at least to some extent already showed you they knew and yeah. like why are you putting them through this ringer one, again one argument might be that you want to see whether it's long term memory or short term memory and if it's two weeks later and you're testing the same thing do they still remember the things they all got right the first time I mean I'm just saying it, for, it, a, for a cynical yeah, for a cynical person that would be a reason to do it 
if the kids buy into the idea that this is a measure of what I know right now and it's not a problem if I don't know everything right now, mm-hmm. if they really believe that, then the amount of cramming and the amount of doing school to, to get good, good grades drops down a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that both in my classes and the people I work with, that when kids shift their perspective about what grades are for and therefore what tests are for, um, they operate on a whole different level. Mm-hmm. You know, they really aren't uh, well, right. gaming the system as much. Right. Yeah. They use the test more to help inform yeah, it's, themselves. It's, it's an, you know, an about where am I? An integral part mm-hmm. of the learning process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so that also raises the question do we all have to do it at the same time? Because mm-hmm. some kids get there quicker than others, mm-hmm. and now how do you handle that? You know, it's and it, not gets, just, it gets messy. It, it does. It it's does not just differentiating messy. in terms of the level of challenge, it's mm-hmm. differentiating. Uh, in time, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. you know, and I've got I, I'm working with one um, science teacher who is experimenting with having kids get to tests whenever they get to the test, mm-hmm. and you know he's struggling to mm-hmm. try to how Manage do I that, yeah. how do I teach a, a topic when some people are you know three weeks behind other people. Mm-hmm. And how do we how do we work as a whole? So we we've really been struggling with the the taking that philosophy maybe too far, mm-hmm. you know. And it's hard. And and I mean, and certainly we don't set up school right, right now in ways that probably really right. can work well right. with that because especially at a high school. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see it more at. At elementary school, and yeah. at some level, they already have been doing this for a long time yeah. because they do, you know. But they have more flexibility of exactly. time. They right. have more. They have fewer students, so they can get to know every and single they don't one have in a much better the way. Same, the idea of rigorous, incredibly tightly defined curriculum right. that must be transmitted. Well, <laughs> although I mean, that's softening. a lot. A lot has been pushed on them. I mean, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, that's true, and it's it's working. School. It's all the way down, yeah. all the way down to preschool. I mean, right. there are now standards for preschool. Yeah, right. Yow. Yeah, I mean, what happened to you know recess and nap time and? Right. <laughs> you know, but right for a high fooling school, around. But for a high school teacher, right? If you're if you're seeing you know 130 students in a day, yeah, uh, maybe more right. and yeah, math math people sometimes way more. Yeah, than you know, math. and you only have them you know each each group of those students for 43 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever yeah. you have them for. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard to manage a lot of that or to yeah. make it all work well. Yeah. And and, you know, uh, even getting even if you are giving them much more ownership and much more freedom to yeah. be choosing. going choosing where they are doing uh-huh. what they think they need right now. Yeah. Yeah. You try take, you know, think of it, you know, if you have, you know, say 30 kids in a period, that means you as a teacher have a minute and a half <laughs> if to check you're doing, in. Right. Every, if you're going to get to every right. single one on a given day, right? Which so is that. which is why conversational learning <laughs> is so important. Right. You know, people who get it working with people who don't get it. Right. Yeah, otherwise, you're right. A minute and a half, you're not going to get much done. Right. Yeah. You with barely each. know. You know. Right. Who so, these kids are. Right. It's hard. It's <laughs> yeah. hard. So so, so the, we're sort of bordering on the topic of um, kids taking ownership. Um, 
What's your, uh, what's your attitude about self-evaluation, students figuring out, deciding for themselves how well they're doing in the learning process, how well they've understood the material and so forth? You know, what, what techniques have you figured out, if any, that... Uh... Well, it's funny you bring that up. That was another thing that I sort of stumbled into uh-huh. at one point and again experimented with actually when I was at Evanston uh-huh. where I was teaching African history and one of the weird things about teaching the African history class was it was already set up as a as a mixed level class I don't uh-huh. know if you remember yeah, this. Yeah. so it had right it was one of the first it was right that. and so it had students who normally would have been sorted into regular level class, honors class. Right. Some of them even would have been in, I forget what they called it. General. Then. No, the, the lowest one was I that think general. I think it was called general. general at least it in science, general biology. Was that it? Right. Yeah. So, so it, but they were all in the same class. Right. And so it, it was, it was an interesting experience, you know, mm-hmm. being one of the classes where you really had the full spread of learners yeah. who were, you know, yeah. A, you know, at all different skill levels, right. motivation levels, right. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And after teaching the class for a few years, you know, I wasn't feeling comfortable with how that was all working. Yeah. Both from a grading standpoint and mm-hmm. from a, you know, just a variety of different things. And yeah. I mean, obviously at Evanston, there was always a racial component to all this that too, which was yeah. always interesting. Fraught. Yes. Yeah. So I said to them, I kind of came to this point where I said, you know what? I was trying to impose on the students what the difference was, and I'll get I'll get to the yeah, yeah, the yeah. self evaluation thing right. in, the, in yeah, a yeah. little bit. It's going to yeah. take me a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, but that all day. I was <laughs> I was I, I was getting so uncomfortable with me trying to impose upon them what's the difference between a student who's taking this class for regular credit and a student who's taking it for honors credit. Right. Because initially I was told, well, you figure it out as a teacher right. and, and just tell them, like, right. here's the difference. You know, right. what does it mean if they're getting it for regular credit or honors credit and, and you decide what those, I mean. And, and I kept having, I was, I, I, you know, I kept saying, well, okay, I can make different grading scales, I guess. Yeah. I can have different work. And, and, I, I, and, I and the honors kids, as I recall, got a bump in their grade. Yeah. It was and, worth more. So they got to get 4.25 instead of in four for an GPA, A, they right, would raise yeah. their, yeah, which is why a lot of kids took honors classes who probably, you know, had no business taking yeah, on, whatever, whatever, whatever. So the whole I, tracking thing. Eventually I came to this point where I was like, you know what, I think I'm getting this wrong. I think, why am I determining what the difference yeah, means? Yeah. Why don't I let the students talk this through and let them largely determine what in this class, what's the difference? What should be the things that are different of, between getting a regular credit and an honors credit? And that was actually my first big leap <laughs> into and, like saying... so you had conversations with them about so, how to do this? So, no, so what I would do is at the beginning of the semester, not usually the first day, but you know, we do yeah. some stuff. Yeah. But then after a week or two or something like that, I'd start the discussion with them and just lay it out and say, okay, some of you have signed up for this class for regular credit and some of you have signed up for this class for honors credit. Yeah. What do you think that should mean? And I said, let's just have an open conversation nice. about this yeah. and let's decide what should that mean in this class, right. that y- how that should be determined. Right. Now, I had a couple of purposes in doing this. One was just I was, I was tired of me trying to dictate to students what this should mean. 
But there was also the, the, I wanted to make it totally transparent yeah. that like whatever we decide this means and yeah. we will come to a group thing. And I said, you know, in the end I have some veto power. Of course. The, 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 You're the still craziest the boss. solution. Yeah. But I said, you know what? I wanted this to be totally transparent yeah. so that there isn't just A, the sense of kids, like you say, who just decided I'm an honors student and so that's what I am yeah. and I'm a regular student and that's what I am. Yeah. That like no, that you're not born right. this. Right, it's just that's fixed mindset. Right, right. exactly. Right. I'm an honors kid. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And like saying no, you're. Yeah. And I, I was very intentional about that language of like, right. It, right. You, you can take this class for honors credit, or you can take it that's for regular right. credit. It you are not an honors right. student or a regular student. You're not a you're saint not, or a sinner. Right. <laughs> and so part of it was to be that. To be yeah. very transparent, to yeah. give them some ownership of it, power. It's, yeah, you're giving and them then, some power, some voice. And then part of this was to also make it clear care what you actually did sign up for for this class. Right. But if you decide, you know what, I can do that honors credit thing, but you only signed up for regular credit. We can yeah. switch you, and you can do it, right. and you'll get. And it's, if you do those characteristics or want to accept this level of rigor yeah. of what you're going to be expected to do and usually that's what it ended up boiling right. down to they were like well more, more you challenge. should have some more challenge here and right. I mean we still did end up with like different grading scales just because that's what they yeah. thought should be and I was like yeah. alright fine yeah. we yeah. can have different and I hadn't gotten to the point yet of thinking about the grading scales right. as well as I'd had right. Right. but right. then one of the other interesting things that I did as a part of this because I wanted to have that ongoing sort of self reflection and yeah, things yeah. was I would have when the grades because this was still before online grades right so this was still when we had our own grade books and you know, I was writing everything down and they just right. told them I remember only well. at the quarter and the semester here's right. what your grade is so I would have meetings with the students at the core did I do them both the quarter semester I don't remember yeah but I at least did them certainly I think I did them twice though. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did them both times we had to assign the grades. Yeah. Where they, I would meet one on one with every yeah. student and kind of say, and have them fill out a self evaluation of like, okay, how well have I done? How well have I met the criteria, whatever they are, that, yeah. I've, that I'm still choosing? Right. And what grade do I think I should really get right. based on this? I, I, I did exactly the same thing in physics. Mm -hmm. I had exactly the same, I had grade conferences every quarter. Anytime I was going to put a grade, you know, for a marking period, we, you know, I had a whole system for that. So that raises this question about whether it's only about how much content they've learned or other other things that should be part of that grade. For instance, if a kid is self-directed or a kid is um, helping other people or, you know, any one of a whole lot of other, are, are you showing these character traits that I believe are really important in figuring out how to help you get ready to live your life, mm -hmm. should that be part of the grade as well? Uh, I mean, I would say right now, where I am in, in my, yeah. I would say no. Now, but that's because, again, in my district, one of the things we've done is we have put a separate reporting system in place ah. to report on those other characteristics and ah, traits. Nice. Now, it's not very complex. I mean, I wish it was a little bit more yeah. sophisticated. It's just a simple, here's like, 
there's sort of four main categories mm -hmm. and then within those there are like four descriptors yeah. for the categories yeah. of like you know am i timely with things yeah. am i you know yeah. proactive with it, or yeah. whatever you want yeah. To, and, yeah. and that sort of thing and then it's just a satisfactory and unsatisfactory right but it does go on every report card or you know reporting thing that we send home right and, which i think is good yeah and you know you can target obviously places where a student isn't struggling yeah. is struggling and sort of let them know like yeah this is what you got to be working on yeah you know that sort of thing but the other thing that it, it is nice about it is it does separate those things out from being put into right. the other gr normal grade that right. people are reporting right so that which is about learning which is about learning yeah so that grade is strictly about learning the content and the skills yeah. and you're yeah. not also throwing these other things in there that perhaps can skew and start to make what the grade means mushy. Yeah, exactly. You know? And and the other the other um, issue with evaluating personal outcomes, which is what I call them, mm -hmm. so tenacity, self-directedness, mm -hmm. you know, all those kinds of things, time management. The problem is if you start grading those, then kids start saying, what do I need to get an A in self-directedness? Mm -hmm. And in tenacity, how do I game that system? Yeah. And now you have, you know, you're trying, to, you're trying to get them to realize that being internally motivated to do this stuff is really the key. Mm -hmm. That if you're doing it for the, the external motive, for the grade, essentially, that when you go out and live your life, you don't have these skills that are mm -hmm. born of doing it out of the intrinsic drive to do it. Mm -hmm. The, the desire to excel, the desire to master things. And if you start measuring it, it can be perverted to do the opposite of that, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. rather, than build, rather than get them to a place where they understand what intrinsic drive feels like mm -hmm. and how great it is, they just have a new category on which to do the old game. <laughs> you know, true. it's just, okay, in this class, we're also doing self-directedness as well as <laughs> test grades and how much homework I've done, right. you know? <laughs> so now I get 92% on that, right. you know, and 92% yeah. oh. of my self-directed score. Right. So what I did with those, by the way, is what, at, the, at the end of every quarter, I would have, have kids self-evaluate mm -hmm. on a set of criterion about what I call personal outcomes. And it was really one of the most important parts of the grade conference because mm -hmm. if there was, I would, they would do it and then I would do it in a different color. And if there was anything more than a slight discrepancy mm -hmm. about that, that's what we talked about. Right. So if they said... Now, can I ask you this? Yeah. Because the most striking thing that I always found in those conferences when I was having them... Mm was how hard kids were, students were on themselves. Like, yeah. did, did, weren't you, were Often, you struck by that? Yeah, yeah. So that when I'd see a discrepancy, like you're yeah. just talking about, yeah. it was usually because I was thinking, you're doing fine, no, and that so looks you're doing good great. Yeah. And the kid would be like, oh no, I'm done, yeah. so well. Isn't yeah. that usually the that, way the conversation is? Yes, un unless a kid remains so cynical about what school is for that they try to game it by mm -hmm. starting high and negotiating down to right. what it really is. Mm -hmm. And I had some kids with that, and what I would it was very that. rare though. It was rare. That yeah. was rare. But, you know, the kids who are used to taking all honors classes or AP classes and really getting good grades, it was, it was a tougher sell mm -hmm. to get them to say, no, no, we're talking about learning now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're talking yeah. about personal growth. We're talking about, yeah. are you a responsible learner? Right. Have you taken the process 
and, and right. are you working with the process? Well, and it's interesting because certainly in that class that I was teaching African history, I had a f- some high flyers, yeah. but I didn't get a lot of them. Yeah. You know? So in some ways it's interesting because I was getting much more kind of a lot of students who were perfectly nice, good students, yeah. but who weren't really as yeah. much as you Not say, doing, trying yeah. to just, yeah. I'm doing this only because they I want to get the highest grade possible they and I just get me these things. Right, yeah. yeah, or it's not just the, I mean, some of them maybe they still wanted to get A's and things yeah. like that, but they were in some ways less, sophisticated is not the right word, less... Um, Driven, maybe? Yeah, or... I don't know. They, so, so, so many of them, I was have you know, when they were having these reflections about stuff, I, I, it felt more like I was needing to build up their confidence yeah. in themselves. Yeah, and like, yeah. Recognize. And granted, they were, you know, sophomores, so again, they're a little younger, probably, yeah. than the students yeah, who were working with. Yeah, juniors and seniors. And yeah. so, you know, yeah. they're still kind of figuring yeah. themselves out, oh, yeah. just trying to figure out who are they, what am I. But again, that was part of the reason it felt like the right thing to do. And, mm-hmm. and after I started doing it, I just, I kept doing it because yeah. it, it seemed to me so important yeah. for them, these students at this point in time, who are still trying to figure out like who am I and yeah. what kind of student am I and what's important yeah. to me to have them yeah. kind of work through yeah, that thought those process. Ca- I, I think those conversations, kids learn more about themselves through those conversations. Uh, you know, it wasn't about physics. Mm-hmm. It was about them. Mm-hmm. And I, I had one poignant conversation after another. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really often pivotal experiences for some kids mm-hmm. who were down on themselves for whatever reason or hadn't identified what the problem was. Mm-hmm. You know, procrastinators who didn't, didn't recognize that choosing to do it on the last day meant you made it meaningless. Mm-hmm. And that you're making school meaningless by doing that, you know, <laughs> because all you're going to do is jam it, you know, mm-hmm. and take a test and regurgitate and... Mm-hmm. Um, so those conversations help kids recognize issues about themselves which they needed to see mm-hmm. in order to grow. Mm-hmm. And just talking about content would never get you there. Right. You know? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm sure those were different conversations, as you said, with, with juniors and seniors oh, yeah. than they were with sophomores, where more often yeah. the conversations, it really was more about them oftentimes just trying to to figure out who am i yeah. what what is what do i want to be important to me yeah you know yeah. and it definitely it was interesting not as well formed as you know, yeah. yeah where yeah. like yeah you, yeah it was it was always interesting to me and certainly that was part of the reason i did it was because i wanted them to be imagining themselves as as something more than perhaps what they had come in thinking they could be and yeah. and certainly yeah. I, I pushed i pushed a lot of them to like sort of think, no, you can do this higher yeah. level of rigor. D- just because you haven't tried it before, right. you know, I think you, you can see, you can do it. Right. And, you know, getting them to imagine themselves right. as stronger, you know, more capable, right. you know, right. learners than and, what they had, they thought they were. Right. And know? also explicitly fighting the notion you're a C student, right. you're an A student, which I've heard teachers call kids that... It, it's like a voodoo curse. It's self-fulfilling. You are a C student. Well, <laughs> how are they ever going to overcome this fixed mindset that I'm not that good at math or history or whatever? I'm, I'm a theater person. Mm-hmm. I'm not capable of doing this stuff. <laughs> well, if somebody's been calling you a C student your whole life, mm-hmm. you know, you're pretty mediocre. 
Well, and, and I will say that, I mean, and I think for better or for worse, I think Evanston still has this. I mean, I actually came to a realization, like, we shouldn't even be calling it honors. Like, that's a problem in and of itself. Oh, yeah. You know, because... This is better than that. Yeah, well, yeah. because it's too easy... Because we have an honor roll, we have honors classes, like that, that it becomes a label. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a caste system, you know, yeah, in know. different classes of students. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, don't get me started on AP, even though I teach it and, and what that does. <laughs> well, you know what? We might have to have another conversation. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's a strange beast. Yeah. That, that, that unfortunately is um, overwhelming a lot of things. That, yeah, it is. That, so, so let me ask you this. I think we should probably try to wrap this, wrap sure. this up. You, wait, what? You, you had a whole list there. Have we hit any of them? Uh, yeah, yeah. We've, we've done most of these. You know, I think I've got most of these questions out one way or another. Is there something you, we haven't talked about that for somebody who isn't a teacher or maybe a teacher who hasn't thought in term, about grades in the way that we've been talking about, is there something that you would still like to add to this conversation that we didn't get to today? It's an imperfect system. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I think at some level, that's the most important thing I've come to. So that if if we have to accept, it's an imperfect system. Almost by definition. Yeah. And in an ideal world, we would get rid of them entirely. Mm-hmm. I think everyone would recognize. I think I think you could get almost anybody to recognize that. Like that, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have grades at all because yeah. why? It's yeah. it's you know it's been proven in lots of different research. You know that having these external things don't actually motivate people well and don't actually put them to their best performance or anything like that, that obviously anyone's best performance comes from internal motivation with lots of great coaching and lots of good feedback. And that's how you grow and get better. Right. You know, so giving you this label, this grade or whatever it is. Doling out points. Is, and whatever, even, even in a really good system. Yeah. In the end, giving it a grade it, by that very act is is kind of ruining it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, no matter what. Both, for, <laughs> and two things pop into my mind about that. One is that you're trying to do a specific, finite, uh, tightly defined measurement on top of something which is about as complex and fuzzy as anything that human beings do, which mm-hmm. is learning new things. Yes. I mean, and how people do it is different and how they remember it and how they, all those things are so individual that to produce a standard, you know, it's, it's complex and we're re- shrinking it. We're, we're, we're trying to represent it with something that's in way, way, way too simple. Yep. And so if, I guess the main thought, the main thing I always think is I just want it to do as little damage as possible. However I can minimize the damage yeah. that this imperfect system yeah. is by by its very nature always going to be yeah. putting yeah. into re- the relationships I have with students, into the overall structure right. of the learning environment. Right. 
as long as I can minimize that damage yeah. as much as possible, yeah. I feel like I'm doing my job right. as best as I can do it. Absolutely. And, and, and that I can yeah. hopefully, and so, I mean, it's, it's how I try to interact with students as much as possible is let's not really talk about the grade. Let's, yeah. let's, cause that, as soon as we start talking about the grade, then we're not in a good place. That's right. That's right. If, you, if we're talking about learning and personal growth, the grades will follow that, and you can trust that that'll be fair, then let's not bother with that stuff. Let's just zero in on the stuff that really matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and the stuff that you will just be willing to do because it's, you want to, yeah. or, or it's yeah. worthwhile, or it's yeah. fulfilling, or it's interesting, or whatever it yeah. is. You know, yeah. that, that then we're all going to be in a better place as far as this goes. Yeah. You know, and look, my classroom isn't perfect as far as that goes, and no. and you know, I do the best I can with it. But I, I think that's sort of my overall feeling about yeah. about grades and grading. Yeah. And, you know, if if I could do away with them, I would. Yeah. You yeah. know, but and, since we can't. Yeah, I I can't. Um, it's hard for me to. I I mean, I mean, granted, your wife lived in a world where she yeah. didn't have grades. So Montessori, I mean, it is, Montessori it is, doesn't <laughs> believe in those things. It's, yeah, it's, it's possible. It is possible. It is possible, but I in larger public high school situations, it's improbable. It's very improbable <laughs> that we would actually go there. Yeah, and yeah. It, so I, it, that's not a fight I want to fight. Yeah, no. You know, I, I don't want to try to take all that on. It would right. be way too much energy right. no. and probably tilting at windmills and yeah. let's just yeah. live in the world I can live in yeah. and minimize the damage that this and, could cause as much as possible. Well said. <laughs> that's great. Well, Carl, this has been a real treat. So thanks, Larry. Okay. No, thank you. I would like to thank my guest, Carl Brownell, for joining me in this conversation. And I'd like to thank you for listening. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can go to iTunes or any platform that you get your podcast from and search for This Changes Everything. If you enjoyed the podcast, please give it a review since that helps spread the word. You can contact me directly at LarryGenie at gmail.com. That's L-A-R-R-Y-G-E-N-I at gmail. If you're interested in diving deeper, you can also go directly to my website at www.genieconsulting.org. There you'll find two books that I've written on these topics. They're freely available, along with video clips of classrooms at work and a library of useful information for teachers. The next episode will be a working session with Ryan Murphy, a math teacher at Niles North High School. We will be discussing the challenge of helping students to take ownership of the learning process. I hope you can join me. Thanks. <laughs>